0: Welcome to Basically Famous Podcast. I'm your host Tyler Schuster and I'm so excited to share stories and interviews with you each week with those who are basically famous in my life. I believe these extraordinary people have great stories to tell and I can't wait to share them all with you. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Welcome to this week's episode. All right, friends, welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. And if you've been tuning in, you can tell we're in a different place. This is not our normal recording. And I'm so excited to be recording in person with the the one and the only. I'm stumbling over my words already. Virginia Huffman and Kiki. Kiki is making a special appearance (laughs) and Virginia is a lover of all things animals, interior design, cowboy boots. Yes, that's cowboy boots. And so tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Well this is my home and this is my dog Um, and Tyler and I are friends through my sister but she has also house up for me. So she knows my home very well and my dog very well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm from San Angelo, Texas. I grew up in, you know, rural ranching community area. Um, my family has a ranch 63 miles south of San Angelo in a town called Fort Macavitt. So I grew up spending a lot, a lot of time out there. And, um, yeah just my love for the natural world obviously started at a very young age my hero growing up was Jane Goodall she's like obsessed with monkeys wildlife livestock all of the above but I am pretty feminine got a little bit of bouge to me too so um, it's just kind of funny how I've come down this path of fashion, interior design, but still obviously keep myself surrounded with the natural world.
0: Yeah. So we'll get into interior design because that's something you discovered more recently that you enjoyed and you've taken on as a career and your home is magnificent. But talk about your wardrobe first. So you have great fashion. You own more cowboy boots than anybody I know. So what are some staples in your closet? Boots have
1: always been a staple for me. I love them, always have. And then, I was lucky enough to be friends with the amazing Lizzie Chestnut Bentley, who owns City Boots. And so, through our friendship, I came to work for her for two years. I was her first full-time employee and watched that business flourish. So that is where the core of my collection really came from, was my time at City Boots. And since then, um, I have, I love my City Boots, obviously, but I also find freedom in buying other brands of boots, (laughs) because I wore the City Boots for so long. Yeah. But it's fun um, to bring in new styles, and more colors, metallics. love the metallics. So yeah, it's it's a collection that is not stopping just because I don't work for city boots anymore.
0: <laughs> well, you have a lot of fun boots too. So mm-hmm. we always talk, Grace and I talk about this in that. So with city boots, you can customize your pools. Mm-hmm. So I have some with my brand on them. Yours have all kinds of fun things. Yeah. So what is probably your favorite pair or your most fun pair?
1: Okay. My, probably my favorite pair are my black and gold lightning bolts. And I just, you know, I'm pretty simple with my jewelry, like surprisingly, as much as I love color and like flamboyance and to stand out, um, my jewelry has always been really simple. And so, yeah, my black and golds are my go-to for everything. And the pools definitely have a lot to do with that. Um, they say Cowtown and funky town on them. And it was really like, I mean, I love Fort Worth. I'm so happy to be here. I've always felt at home here, but it was really whenever I was hitting my stride, bought my home, working for City Boots, really starting to feel like this is my city. Is about the same time that I got those boots and they're special. Well,
0: and I feel like if I had to put a person in Fort Worth, like you're the perfect fit. Like you. you are, appreciate the Western way of life and that culture, but you're fun and vibrant and you're, you know, cheering on TCU and you're all about things in the community and concerts. And so there's so much here that you enjoy. And so it's fun to see you out in the community, but, you know, talking about interior design, how did you get into that?
1: I, okay, it's funny. I would say it was both my grandmothers. One of them studied interior design at TCU. Yes. And then the other one just, I mean, she had such an impression on my style. Um, Growing up, being in our ranch house, being in her home in San Angelo, it's just very traditional. And her use of patterns was amazing. I really loved, she really incorporated a bunch of English florals. And
0: that's, I mean, that's my thing. So you bought your house Mm -hmm. and you you worked on it. I mean, everything you've done here, you've done yourself in the sense Mm -hmm. of styling it. So how have you found pieces that fit your style? Um,
1: It's funny, I, it's, I'm very, okay, my mentor, I met her in London, whenever I was going into interior design school in London, we met in a store, she's from Maine, I just overheard her talking to one of the sales associates, and I was like, I want to be friends with that woman, Um, her name is Linda Banks, look at her up, she's amazing, we have very different styles, but she taught me and she still teaches me a lot but that you need to have 10 words that describe your style especially as an interior designer so that you can like you know be specific and know what you're good at Mm -hmm. and so I would say words that describe mine are traditional, rich, heavy, tribal, vibrant, um moody, I think my living room is not as moody, but like, I love my office. My office is my favorite room. Dimmer lights, heavy woods. Um, yeah.
0: I could see all that. Yeah. So I guess backtracking a little, you went to London. So talk about going to London to interior design school. Yeah.
1: So um, after I left City Boots, I knew you know it was like time for me to pursue this passion of mine because it had been building and festering and I had to do it and so I didn't know exactly what that was but I knew that I needed some credentials to get the job that I wanted to have in the industry and so I, I was having lunch with a friend and she told me that her sister's friend had was going to school in London at Inchwald School of Design and I was like what what and that's it was a three-month program and literally after that lunch I went home I googled it I emailed them and I was like this is this is what I'm doing and it was in I think that was in July like early July and then the program started early September I was like
0: I mean you left like September through November type program
1: I just vanished I mean Mm -hmm. I was like I gotta go I rushed out of here it was amazing no regrets
0: well and just getting a different experience obviously Mm -hmm. probably helps your creativity yeah so how do you find your inspiration and being that you have a job you have to be so creative staying creative
1: Mm -hmm. yes okay inspiration I find it everywhere mostly in the natural world obviously like patterns um I love like patterns in nature specifically florals and then you see all my animal things my flora and fauna so that's huge influence on me also the things that I've seen the places that I've traveled are just rich with history and beauty and the colors or the lack of color like my bedroom is black and white and but it's I would say it's the most tribal room in my house and it has Maasai necklace framed in it so yeah and my travels a huge part of it
0: well speaking of your travels you have a huge heart I would say a piece of your heart really honestly is in Africa yes um, you went to Africa and you were just really inspired and lived there for some time so talk about your time there and kind of what's come of it since you've recently been back and visited with your dad and your stepmom and some friends and so kind of how has Africa played a role in all of this
1: So, Africa, like I said, whenever I was a little girl, my hero was Jane Goodall. And it's always been a piece of me. And, I mean, I remember watching Mighty Joe Young whenever I was a little girl. And it was like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be whenever I grow up, is hanging out with the gorillas. Um, So, uh, the first time I went to Africa, I was eight and I remember my parents, they never fought. They really did not. Like, they got along super well. My dad will tell you that to this day, that him and my mom were best freaking friends. They never fought. But I remember coming home from school and my mom was like, hey, Jenya, do you want to go to Africa? And I was so excited. I was like, yeah, I want to go to Africa. My dad was like, we're not going to Africa My dad was a CPA by trade. So, you know, just like super rigid, follows the rules. Like, no, no, we're not. And my mom said, fine, I'm taking the girls. You don't have to come. I love that. We went and it was incredible. We went hunting and um, it was big conservation management. And that trip was the inaugural of my real full understanding for conservation. And it was at such a young age. And then we went again on another hunting trip and you know we're doing wildlife management and it's we were hunting in Zimbabwe. And so their population is very well controlled. Um, actually the place that we hunt on was an old cattle ranch that they have reintroduced all these wildlife to and including lions. Um, and actually now they have a massive overpopulation of lions. It's incredible. Like the amount of rapid recovery that they have seen um while still running livestock. And so that's a huge passion of mine and part of what I was doing whenever I later moved to Kenya and helped start a 501c3 nonprofit for um, a cattle ranch and wildlife conservancy there called Soy Sambu. S-O-Y-S-A-M-B-U. It's exactly like it sounds. Um, Uh, yeah, so I helped them start that to help bridge the relationship between wildlife and livestock because they had, were just reintroducing lions back onto the conservancy and they were eating the livestock. So I wanted to help manage that. Obviously anything I could do to get over to Africa as soon as I could, um, It was just a dream come true and it's one of the most beautiful pieces of land I've ever been on in my entire life but the people that own and run and work on that conservancy are just some of the best. They make it what it is and they're the reason why I kept going back. I mean obviously I love Africa but I mean the people on Soy Sambu are just incredible.
0: So how many times have you been back?
1: Like to Africa? Uh I I, I I mean I've gone 10 times probably.
0: And so, I mean, really the people are what, if you've gone 10 mm-hmm. times, it, it truly shows that the people there are yeah. something special to you and what they do is something you're really passionate about. I mm-hmm. think everyone needs something they're passionate about that they can give their time and talent to. And so how are you still involved to this day?
1: To this day, I still am on the board um my dad and I helped start it all and get it running we've kind of pulled back a little bit letting some other people take over my dad he'll tell you he's the busiest person in the world he doesn't have time for all that um and then since I've gotten a career I've needed to focus on myself but we still love to be involved with the conservancy and still love the people over there
0: so so talk about like finding what you enjoy yeah. because like so you found that you loved Africa and you love conservation and wildlife and livestock and you blended that and then now you found your love for interior design and you've mixed those two and I would say that your style is very influenced by that Great. so how would you say you really like found what you were passionate about like you said you mm-hmm. hit your stride in a sense mm-hmm. and you feel like you're doing you know what you were called to do
1: well, Tyler, I'll be completely honest with you. I pray every single day about what I'm going to be whenever I grow up, because I have these two great loves in my life, the natural world and design. And I, whenever I was in London, I remember I was walking one day just after school in the design center and was like, oh my, like, these are my two things. How are how am I going to blend them? How are they going to come together? So this past year, I mean, I'm not kidding. Like I said, I pray every single day on my walks with my dog, you know, Lord, show me, tell me what it is. I'm being patient and I'm learning so much in the meantime. Um, The company I work for in Dallas is just incredible. So I know it's all in good timing and I'll figure it out and I'll let you know what I do. (laughs) Um, But I still... I don't know what it is. Am I gonna do jewelry? Am I gonna do high-end fashion? Am I gonna do lodges, I, in on massive tracts of land or ranches? I'm still figuring it out because I love it all, and I don't want to like put myself in one hole mm-hmm. and be pushed down into something. But I also know that whenever I do do that to myself, like find a niche or pinpoint something, I do an amazing job. You want to be it, really good, I yeah. yeah.
0: do. So, what is something you have worked on that you've really enjoyed that's been like a fun project for you?
1: Well, my own house, obviously. I think that was really fun. One day I just looked around my living room and I realized, oh my gosh, I turned my house into a rainbow jungle. I mean, that's literally what it is. I was like, oh wow, this is incredibly so fun. Um, so, my own house, obviously, but my family ranch house needs to be need some maintenance so I'd say that that project up and coming is what I'm most excited about and I think could be some of the best most meaningful work to me for serving that heritage you know conservation of my family of this amazing beautiful old home and like I said my grandmother her work that she put into that the furniture she chose the fabric she chose I was walking through it the other day um after my uncle and I had had this conversation and I was just feeling so in awe and so appreciative of what already exists there so I think updating it bringing it into the 21st century getting you know just like new taps new faucet things like that (laughs) but that still look old world and um stay with the vibe that's already going there
0: well how have you worked in this season of life to find balance and boundaries I like that is hard (laughs) No one has it figured out. No. And that's, I think, the beauty of life is sometimes you give more and sometimes you take more because you have to. Boundaries have been really hard for me.
1: and uh,
0: Virginia is like me and she can't say no No. and she loves a good time.
1: (laughs) My friend Larry tells me that I'm a professional enjoyer.
0: Oh, I love that. Yes.
1: I'd agree with that. Um, So, yeah, I love to enjoy life. And saying no is hard, but I have really learned over the past few years how to protect myself and that it protects you and it protects the other people around you. Um, Boundaries are hard. I'm getting better at them. I am a people pleaser. I hate to say no. I just, I want to do everything and make everyone happy. That might surprise some people, but I really do. Um, Yeah, so I'm getting
0: better at it no i completely agree and i feel like the people most offended by your boundaries are upset because it makes their life more complicated Mm -hmm. and but you're doing it because they've crossed the line somewhere else and so people don't understand that like you are a person Mm -hmm. and you have to step back at times and Mm -hmm. at other times you can give more and we're always learning and evolving and at some seasons of my life i'm like man i'm really crushing this work-life balance and other times I'm like, you're freaking crazy. Yeah. Like right now I'm like I'm freaking crazy. Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: why did I sign
1: up for all of this? Especially if you're very much like me, whenever you love your work, your work is your passion. It's not a job. It's your passion. It's your career. It's who you are at your core. Right. Yeah. And so that makes it that much harder to say no is because you want to do it. You want to go, you want to drive to Amarillo and spend six days there and talk to everybody. Um, I, that's what you were just doing. Am I yes. correct? <laughs> so yeah, I think that that makes it harder to have boundaries is whenever you have a job that you love so much.
0: I 100% agree. Well, I've been really looking forward to the answer to this question because you're the first and maybe the only interior design I know in my life. <laughs> but if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why?
1: Okay. I have really struggled with this question. We've talked about this, but I think what's more concerning for me is what my billboard would look like and where it would be placed, like the aesthetic okay. of it.
0: So dream billboard, you're putting it wherever you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that you have to be in Fort Worth, just because I this is my home. This is my chosen home. I love this city. I love the people. Um, they're my people. Like you were saying, I just have really thrived here. Um, so I still am not sure what the words would be. My dad would love for them to be by low sell high. It's <laughs> not what they are. But I mean, hot pink is one of my favorite colors. I really see blue and raspberry, like raspberry pink, blue lettering, the whole thing raspberry pink with like a blue border and then blue lettering. And I think I'm going to have to steal it from my friend, Lindsay mentor, give it to God and go on.
0: Amen. I love that. It's mm-hmm. one of my life mottoes. I know
1: it's the best. And um, whenever the first time I heard that, I was just like, I just makes life so much easier. You just give it, give it to him and keep going, which is such a beautiful thing that we have that opportunity and he's given us that chance.
0: Well, if you could give any advice to any of my listeners, so my listener peak age Mm -hmm. is 24 to 32. Okay. What would you tell them?
1: Follow your passion. I mean, no matter what it is or how crazy it is, I'm living proof that you can make whatever your dreams are come true. You can move to Africa, you can live in the bush, you can meet your heroes, you can meet David Attenborough, you can surround yourself with people that you never would have imagined in your wildest dreams. I found out one of my conservation friends is the new CEO of the Tusk Trust. And I'm just like, it's a huge deal. I mean, it's a huge conservation organization out of London. And I'm just, I could never have imagined that I'd be friends with someone like that. So, you can make it all come true. You can have everything. And yeah, you just got to keep working. Don't give up. Like I said, pray. You got to pray every day.
0: Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. This has been so fun. And I know my mm-hmm. listeners are going to enjoy it. I hope so. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Basically Famous. I hope you've been inspired, challenged, and motivated to take on whatever today brings. Please be sure to follow us on social media at Basically Famous Podcasts. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We'll see you next week.